I'm trying to start slow because my whole body hurts. It's always good to start slow in most things in life. My lift was surprisingly not as terrible as I thought it was, but I'm curious how much my upper body will hurt tomorrow. Hmm. I hope none of this makes it into the podcast. Why? Because it's the farthest thing from what we're talking about. It's, it might be the least relevant thing we've ever said into these microphones. I could make it relevant. Okay, do it. All right. You're taking care of yourself, which is to say that you value life and your life. And this movie that we're talking about today is a life-affirming film. Life-affirming? Yeah. It's supposed to be I feel like life-affirming. You, you can take it in different ways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so today... So today we're... There's your podcast. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so today we're talking about, really quickly, we're doing sort of an unconventional thing. We're doing a movie that is still an Oscar-nominated film, but it's not one of the eight Best Picture nominations. But Gabe and I both were intrigued by it and both thought it was worth the watch because it's nominated for my favorite category, which is Best Director. What's your favorite? Yeah, because I'm very interested. If you can't tell by all the conversations we have, yeah. I'm most interested in the direction of a film rather than anything else. And by that, I mean the technical direction. That's why this movie really interested me. I was like, oh, there's one person who's nominated for Best Director who doesn't have a Best Picture nomination. And I thought that that was super interesting. And I was like, what's that movie about? Yeah, people be sleeping on those foreign films. Don't do it. Yeah, so what we're going to talk about today is a Thomas Vinterberg film called Another Round. The premise of the film is this group of middle-aged men in Denmark who are all teachers and they come from different backgrounds. It seems like they've been friends since they were young and just all became teachers together because they didn't know what else to do. And so they're all sort of coming from different places, but they're sort of bored with their life or unhappy in certain ways, or they're just not doing super well. And because they are all seemingly best friends, they decide to do sort of a social and privatized experiment <laughs> They decide to, based off of, I think it was an Ernest Hemingway quote, or talking about how Ernest Hemingway was someone that used to do this, they decide to try to keep their alcohol blood volume to a certain level in their blood system at all times for the day. So their whole thing is they can't drink at night. They stop at eight o'clock at night. And the whole point is to try to function in society with their blood alcohol level at a certain degree throughout the day. And then throughout the movie, they start to up that level higher and higher as the plot thickens. It's a really interesting concept, especially because this is a foreign film. It was really interesting to watch. It ends up being a very life-affirming movie, I think, toward the end. But this whole movie, when doing further research has a very tragic background and story behind how this movie got made. Let's, uh, I'm going to break down the specs. The specs. Do you want to talk about who Thomas Winterberg is, what he's done before? I think you know a little bit more than I do about him. He's been making films for a while, but his main claim to fame before Another Round, or Druk, as it's called in Denmark, I think, was his 2012 picture called The Hunt, which became very popular over the last decade, starring Mads Mikkelsen again, as well as... Thomas Bo Larson, who played Tommy in Another Round. So two yeah. two guys that he likes to work with. And I think The Hunt is essentially about uh, Mads Mikkelsen being accused of being a child predator or something of the sort. And so that's the drama and the fallout that ensues from that accusation. It's supposed to be very good. I haven't seen it yet, but very well regarded. 
Obviously, since he's a Danish director, he's not as well-known for a lot of the Western audiences, but he's very popular in Denmark. Oh, he also did this movie that I saw six years ago called Far From the Matting Crowd. It's a period piece film. I saw it in the theater, actually. It had Carrie Mulligan in it, and it's actually a really good movie. It was shot really beautifully. It was very memorable, and I was sort of surprised when I looked up his history to see that he had directed that film because this is super different. So that was an English production, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. But it is a very good period piece film. It's not. It's based off of an old book, just like a Pride and Prejudice or Anna Karenina type of film. It's very, very good. I really enjoyed it. So this was written by him and Tobias Lindholm. They did a good job. I thought the writing was really good. Yeah, and as Gabe said, the cast is Mads Mikkelsen. He's been in a bunch of things. He was in Rogue One. He was the villain in Doctor Strange. He was a James Bond villain. He was the first Craig villain. Oh, that's right. He was. I forgot that. He's a really, really good actor. Yeah. And he's very good in this as well. He plays sort of the main character. He's probably like the main guy out of the four main guys. We'll get into that in a second. Thomas Bo Larson plays Tommy, who's another one of the guys. He plays uh, probably the the most likely to be an alcoholic or is an alcoholic. Yeah, he's the oldest and in many ways the most advanced in life. Like he's already been through several divorces, I think, mm. at least one. So that's sort of important for where the story leads. Yeah, and then Magnus Malang plays Nikolaj, who I think was the this music teacher no he was a psych professor a psych professor and then the guy who plays peter who's a music teacher is played by lars ranth or ranth ranthi or ranthi or something like that great cast they had really believable chemistry with each other yep and then the dp was storla branth gravian really good cinematography i really enjoyed how they captured you know what would otherwise be sort of a mundane suburban life going to school every day but the whole it takes place in denmark so it's just really beautifully shot and this film was edited by janice Boleskov jansen and Anne osterud i thought it was well edited i'm probably not going to go too further into the specs and the people so the budget for this film was 3.9 million dollars wow and it only grossed in the box office 2.1 obviously because covid well also I, i'm curious if it would have had a much larger release in the States anyway, because it is a foreign film and hasn't yet achieved parasite levels of media frenzy. Yeah. So I mentioned that there was sort of a sad story behind this. Um, Thomas Vinterberg's daughter, she was 19. She was actually an aspiring actress. She was starting to act more prominently. She was supposed to be Mads Mikkelsen's daughter in this movie. Um, Anyway, Three to four days into production of this movie, she got in a car accident and was killed. And it hit Thomas really hard, obviously, and it sort of cast this shadow over the production, this feeling, I guess you should say. But instead of Thomas Vinterberg, I mean, obviously he was mourning. I don't know if he took time off or not. You know, obviously they just started production of this movie. But really, really, really tragic and sad. But instead of Thomas sort of taking it and making it into something that could have been really dark, he wanted to make it for his daughter because she had written to him after reading the script, praising him for, you know, his genius and his creative ability. She said that she really, really loved the script and felt known by it. 
which is really sweet. I think the words were that she had felt seen by her father. Because part of this movie, on top of it being about these four guys sort of dealing with alcoholism and hating themselves or their lives or their current situations, it's also sort of dealing with the students that they interact with and the involvement of both the kids that these people have and then they're also kids that they interact with on a daily basis at their school. And I think that this movie and the script really captured what she felt was her experience while attending. I think the school that they filmed at was the same school that she attended and then graduated from high school. Well, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's called high school, but it would be like the 18 year graduation (laughs) school. I don't know what it's called in Denmark. So he tried to make this film for her and make it very life affirming and, and sort of end on a positive note. And I think for me, when the movie ended, it was very impactful because it's sort of like a middle life crisis movie, but it ends in a way that I think is actually really uplifting because they sort of, and not even intentionally, but they sort of work through the issues that sort of cause their midlife crises and end up on a note where they, they kind of accept the situation that they're in and start to enjoy that to an extent and move forward instead of feeling like they're stagnant that they do at the beginning of the film. And so that character progression of coming from a stagnant place to a place of acceptance and a place of moving forward and beyond their current situation, whatever it may be, I thought was really, really beautiful. And even to the point of where there's literally a dance sequence at the end, because one of the jokes was that Mads Mikkelsen's character used to be a dancer or did dance training at one point. (laughs) So at the end, they're like, you should dance for us. And he's like, no, no, no. And then they're like, no, 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 do it, do it. And he's like, okay. And then he does this like whole dance number, which really reminded me of, you know, sort of the ending of like Slumdog Millionaire or something, which again is even though there's this movie about, you know, sort of tragedy and loss and this horrible life that you're living, it ends on this very positive life affirming note. And I felt like this movie really did the same thing. And I totally understood, you know, why it's up for best director. I think in my opinion, I think it was better directed than some of the movies that are nominated for best picture. What were your thoughts? First of all, Mads Mikkelsen is an amazing dancer. He killed it. In that last scene. Do you know if he actually is a dancer in real life? I don't think he has an extensive ballet history. Yeah. But I'm sure he's he knows how to dance, or at least learned for the film. That much is clear, because he really can move. Uh, but I was going to say, I think it's interesting that you think it's very life-affirming, because while he is better off than he was when he started, and he has a tumultuous relationship <laughs> that sort of explodes with yeah. his family sure. over the course of the film, and he sort of is resolving that by the end he is also falling back off the wagon of sobriety and after having just definitively ended his (laughs) drunken rambling that is the core of the film with his friends because of a tragedy that happens to the group Mm -hmm. he ends that movie with drinking again and they're all celebrating sure so i just thought it was fascinating because for me my takeaway wasn't it wasn't only uplifting and affirming that it was also there was this underlying dark side because he is falling back into the drink essentially and that he can't i don't think at this point live without it and it is the drink specifically that allows him to dance and express himself in such a positive way at the end so i'd be really curious to see you know i don't think thomas vinterberg will ever revisit this story in particular but i'd be very curious to see where this character goes from here because i could easily see him in the next episode yeah (laughs) yeah 
another round two back, <laughs> back again. I could easily see him falling, like I said, back off the wagon and having more problems with alcohol moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally understand that. My rebuttal would be, I think this movie greatly explores mankind, or I was going to say man's, but mankind's relationship with alcohol. And alcohol, traditionally, it kind of gets associated with two things, joy and drunkenness, like an overconsumption of alcohol and the drunkenness and the, uh, the ramifications of drinking too much. And so I thought that it did such a good job of exploring both in this movie. And that's why I sort of think of it as life affirming is because by the end, yes, they're drinking again, but they're drinking out of joy, out of celebration rather than drinking themselves into as a coping mechanism. Yeah. As a coping into the stupor that they were 20 minutes before that, you know, that led to some pretty bad dark places. So to me, it, it explores the relationship with alcohol that people have with alcohol, that alcohol can be used as a device to, bring out the best in people sometimes if you're not overdoing it it can be used to celebrate be used as a source of joy as a thing that brings happiness into people's lives it can also be used to destroy and i think the end being what it was where they were dancing they were celebrating with their students i thought it was more of a thing of ending on a note that yes alcohol is still involved but they're using it for the right reasons now and they've landed in the places that they needed to land to again, accept and be okay with where they are at that point. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just that's just how I interpreted it. But it, it's, in, it's interesting that we sort of drew different conclusions. I would agree with you, yeah, that the intention was pure, more or less there, that they weren't drinking for the old reasons. But it is a slippery slope. And I think had it not been for the great tragedy that put an immediate stop to their binge, yeah, if, that, if that hadn't have happened and we'd find the end in the same place regardless, yeah. I would be I would be very... It would be even much more dour to me because I don't think they would have the strength to kick it. Sure. They were shown to not have any self-control, self-control at all yeah. over the course of the film. So well, I think the only yeah. thing that would keep them from regressing would be the fact that they would remember the tragedy. And that would be the sole factor, in my mind, at least for them. They did just seem to have a little control when they were like, we're only going to keep it at 0.5. And then they upped it to, to one. And then they upped it again to like as much as they could imbibe. So... I think they had control in the beginning and then it got out of control. And I think that shows, again, mankind's relations with alcohol. I think that's the lack of control that it shows because of the escalation. And it they, was, but it was cho- never, a, they still chose to escalate it and they would, they would use, they the, choose though. They would use the breathalyzers to even make sure they at 0.5 the whole time instead of, more well, I mean, this, this discussion could, could become even grander if you wanted to think of the entire you know, empirical study as a farce and just an excuse for them to drink, which could be another way to take the story. Sure. In which case it would nullify the entire argument of sure, sure, control. Sure. But yeah, I, I, maybe I'm just a more pessimistic person when it comes wait, wait, to the outlook. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's why I'm very curious to see just what would happen next because... You got to call Thomas up and speak in Danish. I, I'm ready for the sequel, yeah. yeah. Show me the script. Because <laughs> I, I still want to be hopeful and I think... yeah. In my mind, in my head canon, Max, or not Max, my head, Mads. My head canon? Yeah, that's what it's called when you... That's so awesome. I never heard that before. Really? I'm going to use that. Yeah. That's huge, especially in like... On Reddit and stuff? No, no, in like anime and stuff. An audience will develop what is called a head canon, which is their sort of fan fiction in their own mind. That's so interesting. Sort of a... Um, I love that. I do that all the time. I didn't even know that had a terminology. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Anyway, my headcanon for Mads' character would be that he would go on to 
resolve his problems with his family and live happily ever after, being able to maintain... They hinted at that. Yeah. It's just... His wife at the end kind of said, I, I love you and I want you back and I want you too, so... But again, will he destroy that relationship all over again with his vices, which in this case would be alcohol? But now he's dancing. Yeah. You know? He didn't dance before. That dance was equally an expression of joy and jubilation and also an expression of drunken stupor because it it is the drink that, I mean, we're sort of reasoning in circles again, but it is the, for me, the drink that allows him to let loose his inhibitions to be able to express himself in this way. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. But it is awesome to watch Mads kick it on the dance floor. That was great. I'm going to wrap this up. I just hope this sort of like Parasite or the, Fare- or the Farewell will have an ability to get people interested in more of these foreign films. Yeah, this was uh, not only a foreign film, it was in Danish, so it was subtitled the whole time. And it's not only nominated for Best Director, it's also nominated for uh, Best International Feature Film, which I think it could have a chance of winning. So anyway, <laughs> that was another round. Another round. Thanks, Gabe, for being here today. Yeah. Happy birthday. It's not my birthday, but thank you. Well, it is. Well, you're close. We're recording before, and it'll probably be released after, but I... Gabe's 27 today. Gosh, old man. Old man Gabe. I, yeah. <laughs> old body's falling apart. I need a drink. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my early life crisis. Yeah.